When you buy a new house, you might say, Shut the front door. Winning. No, seriously, shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> no one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. A radiophonic novella, Locatora Radio, hosted by Mala Munoz and Dios FM. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Locatora Radio. Welcome back, welcome back. This is Mala. And this is Diosa. We are Las Locatoras of Locatora Radio, coming to you once again from Radio Espacio, based out of Espacio 1839 in Boyle Heights. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in. Once again, Locatora Radio is a radiophonic novella, a podcast archiving the brilliance and legacies of women and femmes of color. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to Capitulo 42. And we're back after a hiatus. Yes, we took a unexpected break for the month of June. Mm -hmm. Our last capítulo where we interviewed Julio Salgado, capítulo 41. Um, after that, we realized that June was so packed and we actually didn't have any Saturdays available to record. So we took a break. Yeah. Um, but we were still hustling. We were still working. So we did take a break from recording, but we were still doing lots of shit. So we want to recap Somehow we were podcasting without podcasting. Yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, we like just we could not record. We couldn't. We didn't have any Saturdays available. In no. And so to start, um, we actually the first weekend, the first Saturday of June, we actually um, gave a workshop for the at the third annual Latina conference organized by Council Member Current Price. He represents District Nine, and that was at LA Trade Tech. LA Trade Tech, and we did our intro to Latinx Tech. Yeah. intro to podcasting for youth and it was so amazing to work with these youth and teach them about um, our origin story and where we how we started and basically our podcast is completely DIY do it yourself so right. sharing that with them and basically that they have all the tools that they need within themselves um, to start a podcast or to start any type of platform that they want um, and it was so good because our activity, we do like an interactive activity with our youth or with any time we do this is um, we have them break up into groups and we have them create their own podcast. So yep. they have to create their podcast title, 
um, decide if they want personalities like the way we we do. Um, if they have a jingle, what would it sound like? And what would their first episode be like? And would they have any taglines like Las Mamis of Myth and Bullshit, Radio Fana Novela? What are their hashtags? Yeah. Um, what's ideas for the names of like a first episode? And they came up with some cute ones. There was there was one my favorite was Las, Las Comelonas. I was going to say that one. <laughs> so they wanted to do a foodie podcast. Yes. And the the catch was that you would they would make whatever they had in their fridge and they called it they said like it's fridge and delicious that was their catch that was their hashtag it was so cute fridge and delicious yeah and these were these were you know for the most part it was a mixed gender group but it was a latina conference so the focus was for you know girls um so for latinas um who are in high school or elementary schools in the local area in in south la so a lot of fun Thank you to Councilmember Curran Price for having yes, us. Yes, and to our Locomotor listener, Genevieve. She's the one that approached us yes. um, with this opportunity. So thank you so much. We appreciate you. We love you so much. Um, and also, we got like certificates of recognition from the city of L.A. And with our stage with, names. With our podcast names. So I thought that that was like... Damn, okay. It was cool. It was cute. It was cool. It was cool to see City of LA, Yosafem, Mala Munoz. Yeah. Like official. 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 Loved, loved that. So that, but that's not all that we did. That's not all that we did. There's more. Real quick, because I'm thinking about the month of June, I want to shout out um, Sebastian Ferrada, aka Dr. Borderlands Papi, aka of Cafe Con Chisme. He just, um, he walked this past June and he received his doctorate in Chicana, Chicano, Chicanx Studies. So, so proud of him. For y'all that don't know, like, we're podcast friends, but he's also my best friend. We've, like, known each other for years now. So I just want to congratulate him on the air. Um, you got to, you know, finish that dissertation, boo. Like, we love you. And, yeah, (laughs) keep doing what you're doing. Dr. Ferrada. Yes. It's very exciting. Dr. Poppy. Dr. Poppy. Congrats (laughs) to all of the grads. Yes. All of our listeners who graduated, you know, you got through it. You finished. You got your degree. You got your certification. Whatever it is that you accomplished this year, congratulations. Yes. I'm sure it was hard. We know it's hard. We see you. Good job. Enjoy your summer. Um, So then another really, 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 really exciting event that we were a part of. So for the past five years... Um, the Los Angeles Latino International Film Festival was on a hiatus, mm-hmm. and it, it came back this year. There were other Latino film festivals taking place. There was a Central American Film Festival that's been going on the past four years, and there was also, like, a queer Latinx film festival yeah, that yeah. had taken place yes. in L.A. and I think the city of Long Beach, their LGBT center, they also do a film festival yearly. So there have been some, you know... Uh, throughout this hiatus, but this particular one hadn't been um, producing the festival because I had mm. been working on their youth cinema project. Yes, um, in the past five years, so that's there was their focus, and then they brought it back this year, but with a twist. They added all this, all these different components to the mm. to the film festival. They had La Leaf Art, which is what Julio Salgado was a part of. They had La Leaf Digital, which is what we were a part of, and music and all these different La things. La Leaf Legacy, yes, which is the youth component, the youth filmmakers, and La Leaf Music. So we were really, really, really like fortunate and honored to be included in the programming. So Rafael Agustin, we want to shout out Rafael, who's a writer on Jane the Virgin and is like one of the Latinx like TV writers who's really out there and like really doing it and creating and getting projects off the ground. Um, And so Rafael had reached out to us and asked us if we would be interested in helping to co-moderate a podcast panel along with one of our favorite podcasts, Latinos Who Lunch. And so the idea was that, you know, Locatora, Latinos Who Lunch, we were going to go as a part of the film festival and interview Tanya Saracho and a few of the cast members of Tanya's new show, Vida, which is on the Stars Network. Yes. If you have not checked that out, um, they, so good. It's so good. They uh, So the first season has six episodes, and it was picked up for a second <laughs> season. So congrats to Tanya and all the, the creators and everyone working on that team. The the writers are actually all Latinx. So the writing room is all Latinx writers, and I, I think that that really um, shows in the authenticity of <coughs> what they're doing. And you all will be able to hear that conversation because we actually have the audio for you. So we were, we're going to be distributing that within the next week. So yes. keep your eye out if you couldn't make it. And thank you to our locamores that did make it. We, so we saw y'all in the in the audience. So thank you so much to everyone that was there. Yes. And also to thank you to Porcasterio Network and to Luz, um, Linda Garcia, Luz Warrior for coordinating, coordinating 
and you know helping us with this opportunity. So it was a lot of fun. We met we met Edward James Olmos. Mala chased him down. I chased him down rather <laughs> unsuccessfully, but I did. I chased him. I saw Jimmy Smith. And I wanted to die, and I told my mom, I was like, Mom, and I haven't stopped talking about it because right. I love Jimmy Smith. He's so fine. Also, um, I, I'm, like, horrified that I don't remember his name right now, but, okay, did y'all watch the very dr- dramatized version of Celia Cruz's life on Telemundo? It's also on Netflix. Well, the actor that plays Pedro, which is Celia Cruz's husband, and they, like, work together in Las, um, La, La Sonora Matacera, and... Um, he was there, the actor, Pedro, he was there. Like, he was, we saw him multiple times, like, in the past two weeks. Yeah. And it was like, I'm like, Diosa, you cannot fangirl right. over him. Like, I did. just don't do it. <laughs> I did. I didn't do it to his face. I did do it to Mala. I was like, oh, my God, he's here, and he's so cute, and, like, this is Pedro. I was dying. We also, after La Leaf, at the, um, Ugh. after the opening, oh, my God, is so much, oh, my So <laughs> much to share. Okay. <gasps> Um, Kat Lazo, so. Kat Lazo of the Cat Call, our friend Kat, she was here. Um, she came for VidCon and she was also came to the Lalip opening. And the film, the opening, the film that they opened with was incredible, called The Sentence. Oh my god! I'm realizing we have so much to say. We have so much to say. <laughs> let's let's just keep going. Okay. The Sentence. So, this was on opening night of the Latino International Film Festival. Yes. So the sentence is a film. They're actually going to be debuting it on HBO in October. So keep your eye out. And it's an incredible documentary about the story of a woman that's incarcerated. And she's given a minimum sentence of 15 years for um, basically being in a conspiracy and being an accessory in a crime because her partner at the time, her boyfriend, was a drug dealer. And because she lived in the home where he was doing the drugs and keeping these weapons, she was now a, a conspirator. She was charged. Be, she was charged with the exact same crimes that he was exactly. With. And the catch she is knew about the that. catch is that the boyfriend had actually been murdered. So he, you know he died right, and she served the time for his crimes. Yeah. So it was this horrible, horrible, horrible thing that happened to her. And she had three daughters when a she breastfeeding was breastfeeding baby. Yes, she was completely separated from her family, which we know is like. You know, we're talking like not only um, our fo- our folks at the border being you know wrongfully detained and kept in these cages, but we also see that families are being separated when majority of black and brown men and women are incarcerated. Mm-hmm. So families mm-hmm. are being separated. You not not only at the border, but also in the prison industrial complex. Right, in both contexts. In both contexts. Yeah, and the story um, unfolds. Her brother, who is the filmmaker, he also was the one who filmed like nine years of. Her three daughters growing up mm-hmm. without her, their attempts to um, file for appeals and being denied and then filing for Obama's clemency program. And we're not going to give away the end because it's incredible. But all of us were puddles. We were in tears. Like, oh, my God. Like, it was super emotional. Like, there was a happy ending. But, oh, my God. Just the, the whole story. The whole story. It's a journey. And she was there. And then she was there at oh, the film festival. It was so emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, really good. So, look out for that, the sentence. So then we went to an after the after the the screening, we went to an after party at the Roosevelt, right? So we go and cats with us and we're just like working the room. We're working the room. Walking we're working around, the room, we're walking taking around. Taking pictures, seeing like, you know, just being seen. Being seen, seeing who we can see, as Kat called it, peacocking. We were peacocking. That's right, that we is what peacocking. she called it. We saw the actor who plays Pedro in Napoleon Dynamite. I flipped out. Mala did. I flipped out. And then th- there were two other kind of prominent, like, Latinx, like, Chicano actors. The show, the show remain unnamed. Un- unnamed and, and unidentifiable, right. but there were two of them, right? Well, yeah. No, go, okay. go, go. Okay, so one, of, so one of them, right, he um, ends up, we can see him kind of, like, looking, looking over at our table. Oh, my God, hardcore, like, the whole night. Yeah. Like, and consistently. He, right. So he comes over and he talks to us and he mainly like talks to Kat. Mm-hmm. And Kat reveals that she actually has seen him at the Me Too office. So she says like, oh, I think you were at the Me Too office. I think I've seen you. And he goes, oh, and he goes, are you the receptionist? Yep, he said that. He said that. He said it, that to Kat Lazo. Which, which is fine if she were the receptionist, right. but the immediate assumption that she can't be a video producer, she can't be a, a, a on-screen talent, she can't be a creator, right? 
we know we know that this is that women are always given that that role yep. of the secretary of the always. receptionist, right? We're at a Latino International Film Festival, and his immediate assumption is that she is the receptionist, right? So right. it was just very misogynistic and coded right. coded sexism, right? And Kat just goes, "Yeah, I am." I am the receptionist. Or she kind of just played it off, right? Hold I on. Love Kat. Plot twist. Plot twist. Because Mala, your phone isn't working, so you didn't see this text. He actually DM'd her a few <gasps> days ago. Oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to read this. I'll say this actually. You already Fuck. said it. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, Kat. But it's okay. It's I'm, okay. I'm gonna text her and We're tell gonna, her. We still don't know who this person is. Right. Right. But anyway, so then back he, to that night. He, wait. Wait. Hold on. He DMs her and he says, "Kat, you're famous." And she replied, no, I'm just the receptionist. Yeah, Viz. Yeah, Viz, I love Kat. I fucking love Kat. Kat yes. is the qu- is yes. queen of the clapbacks, TBH. These fools need to learn. They need to learn to think before they speak. Right. What the fuck? It could have been he, easy all to All he had to say was like, there? oh, what do you do there? Exactly. That's Open-ended. all he had to say. It's like, oh, I don't remember seeing you. Like, remind me. So Remind me what you do there. Him and one other guy that, like, if you saw their faces, you know that you've seen them in movies. They've yeah. been in a bunch of movies. Um, I'm not going to lie. They usually play secondary roles. <laughs> they usually play supporting roles. You know what I mean? Which is fine. Right. It's cool. But they're recognizable. So they're sitting there. They're talking to us. And then they're asking us, like, oh, do you guys want drinks? Right? So it's And they asked us. We didn't even bring up drinks. We didn't mention drinks. We didn't say anything about drinks. These two guys ask us if we want drinks there was an open bar but it was only open up until a certain time then right. it was a cash bar and then the drinks were like 18 dollars a drink right so they offer and then they go over to get his drinks and then dios says like oh my god mala you should go with them to like watch the drinks to make sure that like it's right fine. we're like one of us needs to go mala goes i'll go so i'm like true good idea so i go and i'm up there with them and they and the bartender tells them like it's not open anymore it's a cash bar it's 18 bucks a drink and then and then the the rude guy, the guy that was Root's cat, the actor, he turns to me and he looks at me and he goes, you guys want to drink that bad? You, I'm like, you oh, offered. you, God. So then they ran to the other bar and brought us waters. <laughs> they brought us waters. <laughs> Latino Hollywood. First L. Negative points. <laughs> I'm sorry. So far, not you know, impressed. You know, but all the women so that we did meet impressed. were amazing. The women that we met were amazing. Per usual. The Latinas in Hollywood were amazing. Right. The men, eh, eh, eh. Need some help. Need some guidance. So that was funny. So hopefully right. as we do more stuff in Hollywood, we'll have more we'll of have these. these stories to and we'll share. And have, we'll have celebrity tea, celebrity cheese to share with you all. That will remain anonymous, we'll, unnamed. Yeah. I mean, we're going to tell you about the events, right. but not the people. Right. Probably. Anyway. Okay, so then to wrap up the month, um, we the, just the other day we had a film, we were a part of um, a panel and film screening um, at the Los Feliz Vintage Theater. So American Entertainment Media um, reached out to us because they were filming, or, I'm sorry, they were screening the film Sorry to Bother You. Um, this is a new film by Boots Riley who is a movie maker out of the Bay Area, starring Lakeith Stanfield and Tessa Thompson. Um, The movie is incredible. It's incredible. It's funny. It's bizarre. It's surreal. It's political. It's it's gory. Like, it was... We were looking away, like, constantly throughout the movie because it was kind of aggressive. Right. Um, But it was really, really good. Now, this panel that was put together was very interesting for us because... A, the film is a predominantly black film um, from right. the creators, the, the directors, the stars of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, Tessa Thompson is a Panameña Afro-Latina. Mm-hmm. And so the idea behind the panel, like when we first they reached out to us, was that, well, we would be moderating the panel with the talent, with Tessa and Lakeith. Yes. That was the original um, intention of the organizers. That So we got there and that's not what ended up happening. And it ended up being a panel with like, Latinx, they called us like thought leaders. Um, so it was us, Locatora, and then there were some folks who like have backgrounds with UCLA Labor Center and like community organizing work. Yes. And it turned out that none of the panelists were Afro Latinos. Right, or black. Or black at right. all, which was not the original plan. Mm-hmm. And so we were not sure what our role was <laughs> in the context of the film because right. it really didn't have anything to do with us. Right. But I guess what this particular, this series of movie panels Mm -hmm. that this group has been doing is they want to bring in black and brown 
film and speakers mm-hmm. and like panelists and creators and do like combined events yes. to like bring the two communities together. Yes. So that was sort of the idea behind it. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about labor in the movie mm-hmm. and connecting it to all of our different experiences. Yeah. Violence against women, violence um labor exploitation. Yes. yes. All that stuff. Yeah. So that was that. And then DJ Zuri, um, who played our live party, who we love, uh, she DJed the after party, the reception. So that was always cool to see her. She's so good. She's amazing and she's beautiful. She's so beautiful. She wore like this really beautiful mustard yellow coat, like a trench coat, but like as a dress. And she looked phenomenal. She gives me very much like cross between Rihanna and Selena vibes in her right she had she had a high pony and a dark lip yes she she gives me that energy like with with what she wears love it so love dj zuri um so then yesterday yesterday we were on dash radio Yesterday, we were on Dash Radio, and <laughs> we were invited oh to be God. on the show, um, Chuni y Ritmo, yeah. and um, it is a show that is co- co-hosted, or, yeah, co- I mean, because there's three of them. There's so. three of them, so there's so DJ, hosted by, yeah, go ahead. DJ Sasha B, DJ Mike Goodness, and Javier DJ, um, and so this is, like, the number one show on, like, Dash Latinx, um, so I was actually at Ganya Rum Bar one day with Franny and Monica, and I was gone off the brunch mimosas and Javi had spoken to me at Ganya all about his show and I forgot about it and the next day he DM'd me and like invited us to go on so we were like yeah sure so we went and we were there for like three hours talking um DJ Sasha B is cool as fuck love you girl yeah (laughs) nice to meet you but you know it was kind of interesting because like we go on there to talk about the podcast and talk about like what What we we talk about yeah and we, I just, you know, we forget what it's like to talk to straight men because we don't do it that often. No, we don't. Um, and, you know, we're thankful for the opportunity, definitely. Um, it was very much a, like, devil's advocate kind of conversation. Um, when we talked about violence against women, like, one of them brought up, um, well, what about the the women that falsely accuse uh, men of rape, which Mala, of course, has all the statistics, and she's like, actually, that's only two percent. And of even all of the allegations, the the due process is like non-existent, essentially. Yeah. So Mala has all these facts and all this experience, obviously, because of what she does, and still being antagonized and still being like questioned, and this whole like, well, like, what about you know, what about what the women do? And these these men, like, and not just these particular men, but in general across the board, men. we can see that men have issues with women and Instagram. Oh my. That has like, been a topic of conversation. Across the board when it's so interesting, when straight men want to like derail a conversation and show us an example of like women behaving badly or like women needing to be held accountable or women doing something wrong, they always start with like, oh, well like let's say, you know, these girls that post bikini pics on Instagram, these two separate guys yesterday like brought that up in different scenarios as like an entry point into talking about women misbehaving. Right. Oh, they like have an issue right. with women in bikinis on Instagram. When for, I, for some reason, for some reason, a, a woman in a bikini is having um, a low standard for herself, right? Yes. And that's that's not exactly what they said, but that was my takeaway. Um, that I'm paraphrasing. I'm like, oh, so what you mean is everyone has low standards these days? Quote and right. quote, like. And anger at the fact that they're, they were also very salty. And these guys are DJs, right? They were very salty that there are women DJs who post lots of, as they would refer to it, thirst traps or bikini pics and not that many DJ pics. So they must be frauds and ruin, they ruin DJing for all other women DJs. That don't post those kinds of photos. And then we look at their Instagrams and it's like... Like you were pointing out, these yeah. are paid ads. These are sponsored photos. It's obvious. These like are the tags, photos. the tags that they use, the all everyone that's tagged in the actual photo, like all like the clothing <coughs> layer and the photographers and stuff. This is obviously a sponsored photo. So what I'm hearing is that you don't want women to make money off of maybe their looks or whatever it is that they're making their money off of. Yeah. I'm. I'm like if I'm. If someone were to reach out to Mala and I, um, this is also a hint. If you were to reach out to us and be like, hey. 
Um, can we're gonna send you this um, these bikinis for the summer? And right. um, can you post them and tag us? And yes. we're gonna pay you five hundred dollars. Yeah, the answer is yes. Do you think we're gonna say no? I'm Realistically, gonna say yes. we're gonna say yes. I love bikini pics. Yes, we have a bunch from last summer. We need to retake some new. We ones. need to retake them. It was because it was yeah. so funny. Because here these guys are talking about like yeah, or like when girls post all these bikini pics, and we're like yeah, like me, like my Instagram right now, and pictures of me in my bikini on my Instagram right now. Are you talking right. about me? Right. And they, it's always done as, like, we're talking about literal sexual assault. We're talking about misogyny and rape culture. And their one example that they always lead with is the bikini pics. It's always... I don't get it. It's always these, like, also, like, out-of-sight examples. And I'm like, okay, can we stop derailing the conversation? Can we bring it back to what we were talking about? You and you know, I'm assuming... At the very least, you know that Locatora Radio is about feminism. Right. At the very least, you may not know, like, exactly what topics we talk about, but you can probably assume that we're going to have some pretty feminist shit to say, so... Completely feminist. Yeah, I was kind of taken aback. Uh, also, it was like, tiring. It was tiring. It was tiring, because I thought that we were there to talk about our podcast, and it ended up being that same old, like we get trapped into arguing with them right. and it's, it goes into circles and then and now I'm upset and now right. I'm yelling and now I'm like destabilized and like I'm now I'm having a bad day when that didn't need to be the case right so I don't know we just like have to I think it's just like we have to like remember that if we're going into a space with an interview with straight men we can expect that this will be the dynamic yeah so we either decide not to do it at all or that we go in with a specific sort of plan that, like, we do engage these comments or we don't engage these comments. Yeah. I didn't expect the conversation to, to get there at, at all. Me neither. Me neither. Yeah. I I also thought, like, we were there for the three hours, so... Um, and we didn't talk the entire time because it is a, it is a, a music, music um, station. So, um... We didn't expect to necessarily be there the full three hours, um, so we, it was it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. Um, the episode is is up um, on their channel. I mean, if anyone wants, to if you want to tune in, you want to tune in. You it, tune it will in. make you mad if you're a loca mode. You're not going to be happy. You're not going to like it. But we tr- <laughs> we tried to hold our own and we represented ourselves and you know we talked our shit and we talked about what we believe in because yeah. you know we don't care about those fuckers and how they feel or their opinions. But yeah, be angry with us. You could comment on their shit if you want. <laughs> you can comment on their. Instagram if you feel like it. Anyway, so on, on to, to another segment of Oye Locas. All right. All right. Okay. So this question. So we are at the end of June. So happy Pride Month. Woo-hoo. Happy Pride Month. Pride is all year round. We know it's not just the month of June, but also we want to like always remember and celebrate the trans women of color, the queer women that led um, the Stonewall riots, right? So Pride is definitely has developed into this very like corporate um, like party, mm-hmm. which is fine because the party is political, right? But we also have to remember that it started because of um, the trans women were tired of being brutalized by the police. So we have to remember that it started as a riot. So just want to hold space and give honor to our, our queer ancestors, our femme ancestors. Um, and now let's get into this question. Yes. Go for it, Mala. Okay, so in honor of Pride Month 2018, what are your favorite queer memories? Moments that make you smile and be happy, even though our identities are really rough sometimes to imagine good moments. I, okay, so my friend Alyssa recently sent me this picture that I posted to my Instagram, and it's like the four of us as little girls mm-hmm. in our jean skirts. Okay, well, tell me why now, years later, three out of the four of all those little girls are like queer, but we never talked about it as kids. Right. We were all hanging out. So, like, me, Lilia, um, Alyssa, Kathy, not so much, but her sister, Caroline, yes. And <laughs> so, you know what I mean? But, like, we all grew up together, but we never had those conversations mm. about our sexuality. And we kind of just grew into adult women who just, like, see each other and understand each other. Yeah. And, like, talking about, you know, like, who we're dating or who we're hooking up with. Um, and just kind of, like, looking back and seeing, like, well, we were always here with each other. You yes. know what I mean? Just sort of being ourselves and just never pushing each other on it and you know what I mean like right. it was just interesting to me like to see it and it made me smile oh I love that and it's yeah. such a cute picture it's a very cute picture and that was like Yvonne said my sister that that was the first that picture is the first day that Alyssa ever wore a skirt 
Because Alyssa is very, Alyssa is very mask. Like, Alyssa is very mask, you know? But, like, back then, like, when you're little girls, the whole thing is, like, we all dress alike. Right. And usually your mom, your tias, they will put you in dresses and skirts even if you don't like it, right? Yes. I've, I've like, heard, like, queer women that are more mask-centered say that. Like, when I was little, they would always make me wear dresses, and I hated it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting because I remember, like, Alyssa specifically was always kind of, like, playing around with her style and with her clothes. And there were times where, like, as groups, it was really fun for all of us together and for her to, like, we're doing face masks, we're dressing up, we're doing the makeup, right? And then seeing her come into her own now, you know, and, like, really owning her style and just being herself, and it's cute. I love that. I love that. Um, Okay, so I went to an all-girls Catholic school, um, and it was, yeah, it was very queer, and um, a a lot of the faculty was queer as well. And so it was really it was really interesting. Even though I went to a Catholic school, I feel like I had like a lot of people and a lot in like the relative sense that it was like a school of like 400 people. Right. So not all not a lot of us were queer, but a lot of girls were like kind of like experimenting with their sexuality. Anyway, the point is, my father sent me to a all girls Catholic school because he did not want me to be distracted by boys. <laughs> and I was like, joke is on you, puppy. I'm actually queer as fuck. So it like for a good part of like my teenage years and even early 20s, I identified as a lesbian. So now I identify as queer. But anyway, um, to continue on to like the Catholic, the Catholicism, right, and like the queerness. So I um, was supposed to be um, confirmed. I was supposed to be confirmed, but I knew I was queer, and I was like, "Mom, I don't want to be confirmed." And mm. she like made me. And my mom isn't even like a practicing Catholic, but she like made me. Maybe she like was trying to save my soul at the time. Who frick fucking knows, right? But anyway, the point is. I was confirmed, but I technically, like, have never been confirmed because I didn't go to a retreat that I was supposed to go to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the retreat that I was supposed to go to actually landed on um, L.A. WeHo Pride. (gasps) So I didn't tell my mom that I didn't go to the retreat. Instead, I went to Pride. Yes! And I was 15, and I went with, like, my first girlfriend and um, our my my friend at the time. And, like, we went, and we were, like, little, just, like, little queer kids, you know? Like, at Pride, we were too young to even do anything. We were 15. But you were there. We were 15, 16, and, yeah, we were there. We were there. I think the first time I went to Pride was actually with Lilia and Alyssa. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was with Lilia and Alyssa, and we took the bus, and we, like, walked for miles and miles, because, you know, it's so hard to get there. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Aw. Yeah, that's, like, one of, like, baby queer memory for me. Cute. That's yeah. a good question. Yeah. Good question. Thank you. Thank you for that question. Um, well, now we're coming towards like our, our break, song break, our song break. We yeah. have a special guest who's going to be joining us the second half after our song break, Jay Dodd, um, who is a poet, who is a creative, a filmmaker, one of my dear friends um, from college. So we're going to bring Jay on the second half. Orcasteras Peligrosas. to introduce our special guest for today. Everybody, please welcome Jay Dodd. Hi. Say hi. Say hi. What's up, what's say up? Hi. How y'all doing? I'm Jay. What's up? What's up? Jay, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited. This is like, I, I, I'm so excited to be here. I've, I've, I've seen y'all just like blow up and blossom. And also aesthetics are always so important, which I'm a big fan of, but also like what y'all are doing is so important. So like, yeah. best of both worlds. Look oh. good and do good. Y'all are great. You see, you 
see our vision I see it. completely. I see it. It's very California, which I'm happy that you came back and like lived your truth from the east. Like you came back, got grabbed all that knowledge, right. and came back and made it cute because it's yes. not cute over there. I'm glad you mentioned the east because that's where our origin story begins. <laughs> I mean, our individual stories, I think, are California origin stories, but the origin of this friendship, yeah, which is so funny that began back east. Is that is that is that we were here to like living parallel lives and then met on the east. Yes. Like also, like, even, like, even down to like polytechnic, like the fact that we were like in the same like geographic like land, Pasadena, for so long, like for Wait, so long. What high school did you go to, Jay? So no, I, I went to boarding school in oh, okay. in Connecticut. So I I, I like I, I like split my time between L A and Connecticut. For, oh, so you for were high literally school. living parallel lives. Like literally living parallel lives, and but we didn't even meet until college and then we're like oh where are you from oh LA and it's it, 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 it us like people said they were from LA and like we're lying right <laughs> and so when we like were like no we're from LA we're and, from like, Los Angeles we, we like figured out that we literally were from like the same area and like had been like living in the same cities before and like it was it was really it was, it was special because like yeah people lied people because lied. people lied and like you know <laughs> LA culture and California culture is so like particular like we right. are who we are exactly and it's cool to like connect with other Californians outside and I like, ugh, oh my God, Tufts. There's so much to talk about. So we went to Tufts. We right. went to Tufts University. We graduated 2014. It's been Jesus. four years. Jesus. It's been four years. Four long years. Damn. Four interesting years. Four wild years. Four wild years. And we were talking about, so like something that a lot of people don't know is like there are a number of pretty like active like Twitter accounts, internet people. Yeah. Um, so like myself, Mala Munoz. Um, Jay, can you tell people what your your handles are online? Oh yeah, so on Twitter and Instagram, I'm Day Black, D E Y B L X K, um, and then I also make a video art under Jasmine Giselle, J A Z M I N J A Z E L L E. Um, so you can just like look up that online on Instagram. Yeah. But on Twitter, Day Black, D E Y B L X K. I talk, yes. I talk a lot of shit. Yes, we yeah. both talk a, a lot, lot of shit. It's <laughs> a lot of shit. Right. And some of our other friends from Tufts that we were talking about, like yeah. that maybe a lot of people might follow a bunch of these accounts and not know that we all went to college together. Yeah, but like uh, Hood, Hood Queer, uh, Jonathan Moore, um, Juhyun, Juhyun is a Hermit Huang. Hermit Huang. Uh, is Amber Rose Speaks. Amber Rose <laughs> Amber Speaks. Speaks is Amber Rose. Amber Rose Speaks. But yeah, there's a whole, whole like, 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 like squad, like era of like 2014, 2013, like Tufts people. Amstud slash sociology yeah. slash Latino center slash Africana center slash LGBT center. center. Just, like, just an amalgamation of all like. These folks. We, all, we all just studied what we could to get out of there. Basically. Yes. So we all like, we called, we had these professors that I think all of us took classes with. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of our becoming thought makers and like internet users. Yes, thought makers. <laughs> yes, thought makers. Is we're thought makers. <laughs> In every like spelling that you can think of, no, right? In every, spe- in every yes. Yes. in all the spelling. So Professor Sharp, Christina Sharp, Christina Sharp, yeah, brilliant. In the way, go pick, buy it right in now. In the way, go buy it. Um, um, Monsters intimacies. Monsters intimacies. Monsters yeah, intimacies. Um, was Christina Sharp not the first? tenured black woman professor in the English department at Tufts. At Tufts. I believe so. I she believe was. So, yeah. so like a giant. A giant in the field. And then Professor Wu. He was, I never had Professor Wu. You never had Professor Wu? The only I didn't have was not Professor Wu because I, 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 I was sociology not American uh, studies. And not American studies. Yeah. So race in America didn't. But we're, <laughs> having, we're having a nostalgic <laughs> moment right now. The other one's just like... <laughs> like I'll think about the classes I took. <laughs> to myself. <laughs> no, but um, Professor Pennington. Professor, yeah. We took history of African American music Yeah. with Professor Pennington. Did you take uh, queer pop? No. Oh, yo, queer pop. <laughs> my shit. I heard. My shit. My shit. I heard. But 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 what's funny is that I, I feel like the sort of thread between all of us is that like we all love culture, yes, but are not like like the same kind of like not not same kind of fans. Like, we are fans of things for sure. Yes, we are fans of things. Not like we're about being fans, but everything we like, we don't, we don't just like. We can't just like it. No, like, all 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 the pleasure of like liking things is like wild, complicated. You know, we we like. We were very well trained. <laughs> we were well trained. Honestly, yeah. we were well trained to look at everything with a critical eye right. and do that constant deconstructing yeah. and questioning, like, why do I like this? 
but also not in a way that makes ruins everything. No. Because that's the thing that, that I feel like, like a lot of like I think I think a lot of like especially like young like like people of color queer folks who go to like college and like they learn all necessary things. Yes. They then like like let everything be bad and they mm. don't actually do any true work or like actually enjoy things and there's a lot of joy and like happiness and everything everything feels like it's just toxic and terrible and like yeah shit is fucking terrible. Right. One hundred percent. But why can't we enjoy things? You know. And I think that like that nonsense we got there like really sort of pushed us to like navigate what we got. But like fuck a guilty pleasure. I mean, there's no guilt in what I enjoy. Right. Now. Exactly. I feel like that happens when you're coming into consciousness, right? Yeah, or you're yeah. like unlearning all this, all these systems. Like everything is something. Like you realize, right? Like there's there's so much, like you said, to deconstruct behind, like the music and the TV we watch and all, like whatever's popular. Yeah. Um, but then. It w- when you deconstruct it so much, it's like then you can't enjoy it either, and then you won't let other people enjoy it. Oh, that's my the worst God. part. You know? yes. Yes. So it's like I feel like that's like baby activism type stuff, and then mm-hmm. you move beyond it and you grow when you see the nuances. At least that's how I feel about it, or that's Agreed. that has been my Absolutely. understanding, right? That's the sort of thing is, is, is that like yes, there are some of us who have like stayed in like academia and like or even like gone to like more like like uh, uh, social work, like so social justice work and social work like in the field, mm-hmm. and some of us are just like taking that knowledge, like like y'all are. And like doing it here, and now, and now, and now, like like sort of like decentralizing it, and like and like and like redistributing that knowledge to people who need who don't need to get all that debt and go to a school. They can just go, go on SoundCloud and get exactly. the knowledge. Exactly. Yeah. And so like that's what I feel like. like I'm doing like my art my, and, and my poetry is just like that shit was cool and I'm happy that I learned it. But like y'all need to go and do all that shit to get this knowledge. You know. Yes. So how do we? I think I think the ways we each have like retuned and like tuned the, our knowledge to our to our communities and to what we care about most has been like right. the best way to like use all that but and speaking of yeah. your poetry do you want to tell us a little bit because you've you've published you're published oh, yeah. multiple, times multiple times over multiple times over tell us about tell it tell us yeah. about your work what I'm doing <laughs> share the voice in share the, with in the, the children ether. share with the children yeah um, so I'm a black trans film artist and filmmaker and writer and um music maker I guess now I'll play a song later um, but yeah so essentially right after college I started working at a nonprofit, um, doing sort of like education nonprofit work and I thought that, that was the thing that I could care about mm-hmm. it, it wasn't like all. like many of us right? we go the uh, nonprofit route we'll talk about that right? the, funnel, <laughs> the nonprofit funnel the yeah. funnel the fun right anyways and so and then that was of course hell and so I had to stop and I was, I was trying to organize and do that at the same time and like in organizing, I was like getting beat, beat, beat up by police and like having all this infighting. And then at work, I wanted to die. So I was like, I'm going to stop yeah. doing all this shit. And, and, and these art. are things that really and truly and literally happened to you. The like literally, like police brutality. Literally, like, like physically, like like I was at a, I was yeah. at a rally and like was caught in a police line and like it's a you know real right. shit. And so I had to like pick and choose what how I could do this work, you know. And so now I'm a full time artist. Uh, I I was I was teaching uh, youth poetry in Boston, but now uh, I run a, a writing workshop online and live for Winter Tangerine Magazine. Um, Amazing. And uh, yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm published poet, published essayist. Uh, I, I I've a, a column dropping in Poetry Foundation Magazine to Monday. Oh, really? Up in, in July, in July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How exciting. Yes. Um, but uh, so is this, is this like a regular column? No, no, it's, so um, I'm, I'm the featured columnist for July. Very cool. But I have, nice. I have four essays sort of on the, on the world culture centered around poetry coming out. Um, is this an online? Yes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, you'll have to send it to us so we can link it so we can to post. our listeners. Yes. yes. Um, and then more recently, I've started doing a lot more video and film work, um, doing just like a, a lot of like uh, sort of like like elevating and deconstructing like sort of selfie work and self making. Um, <gasps> and so, tell us about, about that. that. Tell us please. more. You know yes, that. You know we love yes. that. I you know we love about that. Selfies. What do you that, mean? That was oh, yes. of course. That's all we needed. Yes. That word. Yeah. So, so my my next collection that's coming out um, on Nightboat Books in I think next next March. Um, it's called the Black Condition, featuring Narcissus, and so I basically take the Narcissus myth um, and like really like delve into it, and like it's sort of like you know pat, like th- th- thrown away as a dismissive like oh someone's a narcissist, but the actual like tragedy of it all was that narcissists were never allowed to see themselves, like literally their whole life like praised, adored, gifted, told they were great and wonderful, but were never allowed to literally ever see themselves. So anything they like received, they can never under- truly understand why it was, they were just told that they just deserved it. Got it. Can fuck up somebody, you know, being a gifted brown kid and stuff through the world and whatever. Whatever, whatever, we'll get the there. The parallels, the parallels. So, 
whatever. So one, Narcissus is basically in the wood, and this nymph uh, Echo basically gaslights him and drives him crazy. When she reveals himself, uh, he's like, "No, bitch, I'm out. Sorry." Mm-hmm. And so he like runs away, and this other <coughs> demigod puts a river in his path. And seeing just a glimpse of his own face like made him stop. And he dies because he can't actually see his face, but because he saw that glimmer, he's trying to see. He's never seen it before. Oh. And so it's not that he's so obsessed with his own reflection. He literally is just trying to see it for the, for the first time ever. And, and see, that's the, the story that I know right. is that he's obsessed with his exactly. own reflection. Right. I, right. I never knew this. And so he dies trying to un- trying to see himself, literally. Trying wow. to see himself. Wow. That is devastating. I've never heard it in that way. Right. So, yeah. So, so like, getting into... Because I as I know that I can be narcissistic, and so I wanted to figure out, like, why and why. And so I was like, well, out because so it sort of it paralleled for me uh, the beginning of my, of my transition. So I was like, okay, I, I need to figure out who this self is. I'm, I, I kind of I thought I sort of thought I caught a glimpse. And so for me, it was like, how do I see this whole self of myself without dying here? Yes. How do I not die trying to find myself? Got it. And so thinking about like selfie work and like and creating like digital selves and, uh, and and thinking about like distortion because I in my transition thinking about like distorting my body from how it is currently rendered you know and, and, and distortion is not a negative thing but an empowering, empowering thing because mm-hmm. distorted things can't be put back you know what I mean it's sort of you can't undo something that's been distorted in, in this way which I really love um, so yeah so like selfie work and like self and like trying to make selves trying, trying to make a reflective self that makes sense to me has been like really important for my art I absolutely love that. And thank you so much for bringing that story of Narcissus because that, like, wow. That, like, is volumes. Right. Volumes. We're processing. No, I know. I know. I I love love it. it. I love it. I love it. We're processing. I love it. it. I'm I'm here. I'm excited. I love it. Right. I mean, and and even just, like, the act of taking a selfie, right? And Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like when you're Mm -hmm. you're curating your Instagram or wherever Mm -hmm. you post, right? It's like this idea of, like, not posting back-to-back selfies or too many selfies. Yeah. But why not? not? If it's my face and it's my page. Why not? Why not? Yeah. You know? But, I mean, Yeah. I'm, I'm very team selfie. I'm like against not. I'm, I'm also really against selfie shame because like because it was one like definitely sexist, but also just like absolutely like people. I don't know. Like I think that there has to be some need to see yourself, right? And you know, people yeah. really and truly. Well, I would say straight men really and truly hate like the femme selfie culture. Right. They outwardly and admittedly hate right. it. Tell Jay no. about yesterday. No, we. I think we should talk about that later. Okay. okay. Um. But I mean, but going on that, going on that, I feel they hate like it. they hate it because it's not from the perspective of the male gaze. Yeah, it's completely like for we self empowered, yeah. and then. I mean, obviously, there are men that come onto the to the comments, but I know for myself, like whenever I post a selfie, it's a lot of my friends and the women yeah. and the femmes that I follow, like praising me, right? Yes. Which we talk about in like our goddess worship episode, sure. yes. you know. And it's like because it's not for the male gaze. I have a question, Jay. No. So speaking of like journeys and distortion and selfies, so and we've been on the internet all this time, yeah, right? Yeah, Since yeah, before yeah. college. So yeah. what what role have selfies played for you, like college era, Jay, and today, Cause Jay? Because I've been doing. I mean, you're right. You've See me do. So I like. So I grew up. My mom, my mom and grandma always taking photos of me. So I grew up in my in my house full of photos of myself. So it was like not weird. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very like even with all my like dysphoria, it is very private because like my external like sort of self that like you know was like. Was, was always loved. Was like, I, yes. I didn't always get it. Had a lot, I had a lot of like body issues or whatever. But like I've always had reflections of myself in my home mm-hmm. or like whatever. And so when I first went to boarding school, obviously there was no pictures of me around the, anywhere. Right. And so that's when I began the practice of just like of like always having a phone with the camera, always having a camera, always like you know just creating this like photo documentation for myself because I honestly like I didn't even realize it then, but I just did not. I didn't feel real. I didn't. I seeing myself was like, oh no, you are a person. Like you, you, you do take up a physical space, mm. you know. And like, I, did you feel it, like a, a disassociation? Oh yeah. Happened it, it, before I had language for disassociation. Like I would take selfies whenever I would feel like nothing. Got it. <laughs> to make I, like the act of it was to like, yes. okay, you remember you're here. Like you, like, all, all that work you got, you looking at you being here. Got it. You know. And so I didn't have all the language for that, but like every time I was down, I, as you know, I can I can go back going back now and see like high school selfies or like all that shit. I'm just, like, oh, bitch, you needed you needed a friend, but you made it. You made a you, you made a self to like a digital copy, a digital of copy of myself. And right. but I, and also now, like being able to look back and see all that, like it's so helpful because I, I I can really see like how like especially college photos are like 
heartbreaking. I'm like, you're sad. You're blackout. Like, you're devastated. Like, you know, smiling or not, I can just see. I can just know, you know? And so I'm happy that I have it just to know how far I've come. Oh, my God. Those old college photos. (laughs) The pain in our eyes. The pain. The pain in our eyes. Even when we're together, like, happy and happy that we're together, in that moment, there's this collective (laughs) sadness. Sadness. On all of us, it's like, we're Help us. That's real. That's real. Help us, please. That's so real. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can definitely relate to, like, taking photos when, like, you're disassociating. Mm -hmm. Like, last summer, I I was, like, I was really depressed, and I was, like, going through all these transitions, and I would take photos of myself, but I would take, like, mirror pictures, because for me, a lot of my disassociation came from, like, feeling separate from my body as a survivor, so I would have to take, like, not even just selfies, but, like, here's a mirror photo of my full body, Mm -hmm. and, like, that would make me feel connected. Like, I would have to look at that photo, like, okay, I'm here, I'm a person, I'm present, I'm moving, I'm transitioning, like... I'm going through these transitions in life, but, like, I'm right here. Yeah. You know? There's, when I was in Detroit, I, got, I had, a, I had a, a room to myself, and, like, my roommates were very kind, but I was, I was left alone a lot in the best way. Yeah. Um, and you moved to Detroit right after college, almost. No, 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 no. I, I lived in Boston for two whole years. Two before, years. For two years before moving got to Detroit. It. Yeah. I, I, I moved to, I, moved, I just moved from Detroit back to California last summer. Yeah. Oh. Um, but, yeah, uh, recent. Well, I don't a year, awkward. Um, but <laughs> but when, when I when I was there, like I, I literally had had this practice of like sitting standing in the mirror, just saying you're alive, mm. and like mm-hmm. and, and like and like mm-hmm. I don't know how it sort of came to me, but I just like just like I remember like feeling like nothing and having and literally just saying it until it it felt like something. Yeah. And that became a practice that I would just do like all the time, and mm-hmm. and, and even now, like, whenever I feel close to that, I would literally just stand in the mirror, like light on, right, and just say like you're alive. You're like just like it, kind of like a like a like a mantra almost but mm-hmm. it's sort of like a programming i feel like i'm, I'm, pro, I'm pro, programming myself to be to, to hear it and the yeah almost like muscle memory because your brain is that yeah, muscle right yeah right? yeah exactly exactly Sorry. no and i like okay so it kind of reminds me of like the practice of like talking to oneself as well mm-hmm. like almost how like taking a selfie is like talking with yourself or like speaking that way is like talking to yourself and it's just like I think instead of prayer sometimes, like, those types of things can bring us comfort and, like, remind us of, like, our purpose and why we're here. And, yeah, I talk to myself all the time. So do I. All the time. Yeah. I'm, like, full, like, interviews. I, like, I, 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 like, play out conversations with people like, in my real life before I have to have them. Like, right. I do that, too. Yeah. It's, Sometimes it's, you need it's, to. It's important. Yeah. it's important. And the best is when, like, you're right. Like, when you've already prepared for someone's statement, you're like... I knew oh, you were going to oh, say I that. I knew you. Oh, I got you. I got a right. spot for you. Right. Aye, aye, aye. That's funny. So do you want to remind us, um, where can people, like, look at, find your poetry and your yeah, books yeah. and your work? Um, jdod.net. You can get everything. jdod.net. And it's J with two Y's. J-A-Y-Y-D-O-D-D. Uh, if you go there, you'll find everything. You'll find uh, poems. You'll find my music. You'll find my film. Uh, essays, yeah, mm-hmm. Every, everything will be right there. It's, it's a one stop, one stop shop for all you want from me. Perfect, perfect. And do you have any like? I know you were touring. Um, there was a period I of time tour- where you were touring. I was, I was touring, yeah. yeah. Um, what was what was tour life like? What was that like? It was fun. It was fun. Uh, it was complicated. It was so. Here's the thing. So we went to we went through like the Southwest. So we went from, we went from like L.A. down to Arizona and New Mexico. Okay. And I'm trying to move to New Mexico because, like, ghosts and aliens are my shit. And I met, like, the only black people there, and they were great. So I'm, like, trying to get there. And my, like, goal... Sa- Santa Fe? No, no, no. Uh, Truth or Consequences. It's this very small town. That's the name of the town Yo. in New Mexico? Yes. Yes. Sounds like a band. Yo, yeah. Right? And, and that's a whole other story. Okay, but, okay, okay. But, but <laughs> okay, okay. on tour, like, it was wild. Like, like it, it's not so much like a, so different than California, but there's a certain, like... Uh, like less pretense in this way, you know. Um, and I was sort of surprised how queer parts of it were, but it's it was it was still very like like white and like light brown queer. Mm. It wasn't like you know it wasn't a lot of black trans fans out there getting getting life. I see. So that was sort of weird, like performing people, performing for a majority of people who were not people who I write my who I create my work for, right? Um, and sort of feeling like a token, like within within, within the, the tour, that was something mm-hmm. that was hard to deal with. But the actual like being out and like performing live and like sharing space with all these wonderful people, that was cool, you know. Because like, you were on tour with a group. Yeah, yeah. So it was this group called Sister Spit. Um, oh my God! You're okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about I it. Love Sister Spit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, yeah, I was on the tour this year, um, and uh, well, the thing is, it was started for like white 
butch lesbians to go in our van mm. and like white, white butch lesbians seem to go through New Mexico and Arizona right sure just fine just right. fine just fine just, just fine, fine. And, 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 even, and even like so like <laughs> like like cis people can like you know what I mean and so there's this thing where, where we're just like it was sort of hard to like hold other people's like kind of like fake anxieties not fake but I'm like y'all performing anxiety because you know this is an anxious situation but the person who's most most in danger is me and yeah. I and I'm here and I'm level so y'all it's not sort of hard to like I had to maintain all these people when I was in the, when, like my, you, you know what Jamal Jamal Lewis the fat femme on, on yeah so, yeah, so, so, so Jamal and I were like all these black people on okay. tour um, and and so like it was all so it was us and then all these other like small mostly cis like right you know yeah and so there's a little bit of like a safety gap in sort of like a care community gap solidarity solidarity gap that happened sure right. um, but then like sort of reflecting on like what such a spit is created for of course of course not and so and so. I'm happy that I got that space, but it was definitely was not like safe or like good for my body mm. casually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm happy that it was like that we got through it, but it definitely was like, oh, yeah. like y'all realize this is not safe for everyone y'all bring. There is 100% that gap, right? Where it's like, if I'm by myself, I face my own particular violences, right? right? But right. then now, if you and I are walking down the street, I am probably going to be the one to like, get in between or assert my privileges in that moment especially if you're in my community which is predominantly non-black and not many trans people at all and like very religious right right Right. it's the thing like like, like, it all depends on the space and like like, certain spaces none none of us are safe and that's fine yeah and that's fine but like if y'all are white passing Mm -hmm. cis passing straight Mm -hmm. passing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't get that luxury ever right (laughs) ever in any space you know like I may be misgendered but I'm still I'm a little bit some some and that's something 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 something. you know Mm -hmm. what I mean it's never like an assumption that oh they're probably just fine never and so and so so it's curious to me when like when I said these sort of like queer pieces of spaces don't unpack the differences within those spaces right Um, I mean it happens across POC in general but especially like in these queer spaces like they really sort of like get away with like casual anti not like black anti-black inconsideration I think inconsideration and like and like transphobic inconsideration it's not like it's definitely not intentional or like malicious and so you can't call him on it because I do what well yeah but you're not meaning to it will still leave me dead Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. what I mean you're not meaning to it will still leave me like I I remember we stopped in Tucson and there's like white it's like sort of a white passing like uh, trans mass person on on the tour Um, and we were in Tucson and we were on like a stop going somewhere so people were going to get groceries or whatever and I just went to, to a two walk block like I, I go over to, to walk for like two blocks to have a cigarette whatever every single block someone in the car someone like someone has something to say whatever whatever something something mm-hmm. all violent all terrible yeah. and I was just like Jesus Christ and I, I'd been to something before like I'd say that like I was like this I whatever and I, I mean I I, I I always think that like, I'm not I'm not even that film, but like that's not even necessary for me to like feel. But you know what I mean. But I, I, mm-hmm. thought, I, I thought it was fine or whatever that means. You know what I mean. It's we like, r- we r- right. try and rationalize to protect. Right, 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 right. 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 Well, Self soothing. All, all that shit. So yeah. I, was, I was and I just like got a whole ass panic attack and then came back and then my like white passing mask trans friend is making out with some white bitch on the fucking on the side of the building on the street oh. on the same street that you can make out with somebody on I can't walk down got it right and there's the there's the there's iconic. you know what I mean yeah. it's like, it's like, that's like a you know and like and, like, and they're a fire person like we were homies like, it was not about them per se but that sort of showed me that like oh this space is okay for certain people yeah. right. and not others and the fact that that wasn't like talked about or like or like whenever it was brought up, it was sort of just like, oh, people were just bad. No, yeah. y'all, y'all brought me here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what Something I mean? Something that we talk about. One of our, we've done two episodes um, on the podcast on what we call femme defense. So yeah. just mm-hmm. safety planning in general, whether that's street harassment, um, what have you. Mm-hmm. So for you, when you think of your day to day and safety planning, or like as far as people who are hanging out with you and safety planning for you, mm-hmm. what would that look like? Like, what would that femme defense conversation look like for you? Uh, so this is complicated, obviously. Yeah. Um, because like my body is still my body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm six five. I'm black. I'm not like I'm not as soft as I want to imagine. You know, in terms of how outside will read me. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so like there's this thing where like I've been with like trans femme friends and like trans women friends who are like much less talkable than me. And it's funny how like in in a club setting or social setting how quickly I become like a boy to them, mm. having to deal with that. Having to be like, oh, oh, interesting. Oh, okay. you're literally you're literally using me as a physical blockade. 
like because of your size, you become because of, because of my size. The bodyguard. Because I know, the, I know that it's not. I know that it's not like oh, I don't see you as a woman. It's that I'm just now because of my body. I mm-hmm. like am always going to. I'm physically like the first line of defense. Got it. And so like so something about navigating. instead of the one needing defending. Right. Right, and I don't even like, and so I don't even have to think about that, that dichotomy so actively because, like, I would defend just because I like, it's just I would because I would because my mom carried a gun, and so I'm like, you know, like I'm, right. I come from a line of, of femme thugs, so like femme aggression is not hard for me to hold on to, but like when I'm being used without being told that I'm being used to be a uh, this thing, and so for me it's just like I think it's really like a in the spot. Like, mm. if you were, something's happening to you, and I know my body will, will be of use, I'm going to use it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to I'm not gonna mm-hmm. need to be validated. Oh, no, this bitch will kill you yes. in this 6'5 body. You know what I mean? So it's not, right. it's not, it's not even about that. But I do wish sort of, like, in, like, sort of more casual ways that, like, uh, women and femmes sort of, like, engaged big and tall women with a little bit more, like, humanity. Ooh. And, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, like, mm-hmm. and just, like, and, 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 like, but it's almost like a, like a body language. It's not even, like, how people always speak to me, but it's, like, you know, you were literally physically treating me like I'm your bodyguard. Like, I'm your, I'm your, I'm your, I'm your like, guard dog. Right. And I'm not that bitch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was, I didn't, right. I didn't ask to be. You didn't ask me to be, so how do we get here? You know what I mean? Right. Um, and so it's, it's, like, I think, like, I think knowing what, what people need, knowing what, like, 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 like checking in, like, in a space, if you yeah. feel like, oh, sometimes you hop off, what, like, what, you need to get out, are you down to fight? If you're not on to fight, you need to get out. If you are on to fight, then we can, like, let it play out, so, you know what? It, but the, communication. Communication. Mm-hmm. Communication, is, mm-hmm. like I said, it's not about being used in that way, it's about not being, not, not choosing to. Yes. You know what I mean? like not like not, not not being able to choose my body to use it to use it as I want right. to for for yeah your like autonomy and your agency's lost in those moments right right absolutely right right oh my gosh there's levels upon levels upon levels upon levels yeah. and degrees to other degrees yeah and this thing is it's not cut and dry which is why it's like it's not even like oh, y'all should be better it's like no no we have to just like in those communication in those situations how we communicate will keep us all just safer and like yeah. long term feeling better about how to navigate it and yeah. life is long and there are many days in the week and they just keep coming so it's, it's gonna end up being like a situational like situation by situation we're making assessments and talking to each other yes. right. Right. so you did mention that you make music we're kind of coming towards the end of this interview at this point and we yes. want to make sure that you plug everything that you know you would like our listeners to check out yeah. your work your projects your music where to find it and if you can introduce this song this is Jay's for sure, song for sure for sure okay yeah so um you should definitely go on my, on, on, on my website I'm, I'm more so like people just to read and follow me and then send me money um yes if, if you go if you go on my website you can find all my donate links but uh on paypal venmo and cash me it's jdod my name j-a-y-y-d-o-d-d on all of them all one word um, but yeah, go on my website, check out my poems, check out my essays, uh, and also you can check out my new my, my new work. I I released it. I released a, like a rap album like three years ago. Do you remember that? Do you remember when we started? I re- I remember. I remember. And have you done anything really? No. I, yeah. So I haven't done anything musical publicly since then. Yeah. Um, okay. any, any, what was it called? Goon. Goon, 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 goon. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You did. You did. But oh my god, goon was a whole era for me. Anyways, goon was an era. An era. A moment. The goon, the goon era lasted basically until I transitioned. Goon was my last boy era. Like it was goon, and then like death of boyhood, and then now. And then now, and here we are. Here we are. And here we are. But yeah, so I, but even that production was in my. That was all just rapping. I didn't do any any of the production on that. So this is like a whole new venture. It's no words. It's all. It's all production, all instrumental, soundscape. Beautiful. Um, yeah. But yeah, but this album is uh, Constellations of Vanity, and it's uh, basically the soundtrack to my first film, but also some other cool songs. But this one song is called Andre Leon Talley, and it's named after the like black fashion god. But the thing is, he's like dying poor and alone. Really? And, and, like, he had a really, really, really tragic uh, like profile come out recently, being like, yeah, like <gasps> Anna went to her own life when she wants to like me, and like. All these people, whatever, and I had this sort of feeling of like he was just at the Met again. Yeah. He's always at the right, right, no, right, oh. right, and so. But the thing is, also like Angelina Jolie, like has like never demanded blackness in this way of like the spaces that he was in and crafting, and I think that that was why he got so far in many ways. And he sort of reflects on that sometimes, uh, especially in this profile. But I has, he also is a very large black man, so I was very like bodily connection to him, but also this worry about like ascent 
in like non-black worlds and, okay. and like the potential loneliness and how to avoid that. Okay. Because um, I'm not worried about, about, about dying broke, like, what's well, money? But I do worry about dying like alone and without, without like a black community loving me. Yes. Um, so okay. th- this song is like both an homage and like a, 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 a thought, but it's not like a homage to Angelina on Tally. Okay. Wow. Thank, you, thank you. Thank you so Thank much for you. giving the background of that. Yeah. Of that. Wow. Jay, you were so I miss brilliant. You. <laughs> I miss, Jay and I, we were talking. We haven't seen each other since graduation. Four years. It's been, it's been four, four years. years. You know, just Damn. doing our thing and living our lives. Mm-hmm. And when we saw each other right now on the street, it's well, no time has elapsed. No. Oh. What is time? What is time, what is anyways? Time? We're back. We're back at it. Thank you so much, Jay, for being here. You are truly brilliant. Thank you. Please, like, whenever Gems. you're in the area and you want to come on the show, you are more than yes. welcome. This Special has been guest, always. such a fun episode to, like, come back, you know, after our break. Yeah. So I'm just, like, truly honored. You're, truly you're honored yeah. that you came on the show. I'm so happy. Yo, same. Y'all same. doing such important things. Uh, I'm like, I love, I love seeing you. it. And I, Thank you. And I'm happy that I, I know y'all in this way. I don't have to, like, like fan the quiet. I'm going to fan <laughs> openly. And, like, y'all can see it. But Thanks, I, I, I'm, I'm elated to, like, be here and able to help y'all. Not help y'all, but, like, support y'all in this time. Yeah. Love you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. So, right. thank you once again for tuning in to another capítulo of Locatora Radio. Yes, as always, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Locatora Radio. Um, we have new merch. We have our pins. So, if you want to place an order, um, you can do that via Venmo. Yes. And if you feel so inclined to do so, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We're at like close to 200 reviews <gasps> or 200 stars. Exciting! So, please help us. Get get us to two hundred. Yes, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Love you. Love you all. Si tienes ciertas afecciones crónicas como enfermedad cardíaca, asma, diabetes, y tienes 19 años o más, 52, 36, 42. Puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente. Una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar20. When something happens to your car, you might say... But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.